1: It is good, everybody? Welcome to another Look Ahead, part of the SP Nation NFL show.
2: I am Rob Stats Guerrera. He is RJ Ochoa from Bog and the Boys. What is up, RJ? Stats, it's a beautiful day to be alive. It's a beautiful day to see your beautiful face. It's a beautiful day to talk about beautiful things. You are beautiful, and I want you to know that. It is a beautiful
1: day, RJ. Thank you very much. When your team is playing in the conference championship game, it is a beautiful day. By the way, before we get rolling, I want to remind you that we are brought to you by DraftKings Sportsbook, the official sports betting partner of the NFL. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app today. Use code SBNNFL for a special offer when you sign up. That is code SBNNFL only at DraftKings. RJ, I say this not to wound you, not to hurt you in any way, mm. but I will say... When your team is in the conference championship game, it's a little different. Things are different, right? The national reporters are in the press conferences. They're asking different questions. Everybody in the NFL world right now is talking about my 49ers.
2: And I got to tell you, it feels pretty damn good. So I, um, I agree with you. I don't have any personal experience, obviously, certainly professionally, but I think I love epic things that's I used to be like circa, you know, if, if you were to meet 2009 2010 RJ like it was all about down by Jay Sean and epic um, and and so um, but I love when things have an epic feel that's why I've told you before. I love when you get to Christmas time in the NFL and the Thursday night football set has like the point set as around. It just it has a different feel, a different flair. And so a teeny tiny little detail that I love around Conference Championship Weekend. You mentioned the national reporters that kind of adds to But I love that the backdrops have like the logo, like the block N or the block A or the, the trophy logo. Like it's different. It's bigger. It requires some some more attention, some more extravagance. So congratulations to your 49ers. Um, I'm excited to talk about that game as well as the other one, as well as a few other things with my very beautiful friend, again, Rob Statsborough.
1: It's the second time you call me beautiful. It's the only two times anyone has ever called me beautiful. So thank wow. you for that. Tough scene for your wife. Right? Yeah, that's true. Um, uh, for more ways for more reasons than one. Um, we want to remind you, please, if you haven't done it already, rate, review, and follow the SB Nation NFL Show. If you've gotten any value, any enjoyment, any entertainment from any of the shows that we do here throughout the year, please take thirty seconds and leave us a rating and a review. It really does help us. We take the if you take the time to leave a rating and a review, we will take the time to read it on the show. You hinted, uh, added RJ. We got a lot to do today because there's some news beyond the conference title games that we're actually going to start with in Denver and Pittsburgh. And then we'll take a break and then we'll get to our conference championship game breakdown. So let's start with the newest, freshest thing. This happened just before we pressed record. And that is Ben Roethlisberger officially tweeting his retirement from the NFL he tweeted out a video uh, with a bunch of it's very produced video with some clips and some narration. He said, among other things, I retire from football, a truly grateful man. I just think it's hilarious that he tweeted it, RJ, because he's blocked so many people over the years. I don't know how many people can actually watch the damn
2: thing. That's a great point. Great joke by you. Um, your comedy is also beautiful. <laughs> I think it's super. Are you, you, Have you seen all of friends? Have you seen it several times? Are you like that level of a friends fan? Not that level, but I have seen it all. So you, you know the seminal moments. like you, you can carry a conversation like we're literally about to do. Um, you know the portion of the show where Monica and Chandler are starting to date. Nice. Um, I look like Ross, by the way, in case you haven't made that connection. A lot of people have told me that uh, since I was like 13. But um, Monica and Chandler are dating. Everybody is slowly finding out. There's the craziness, whatever. And Ross finds out, and he runs to Phoebe and Joey and says, Oh, my gosh, Monica and Chandler are dating. And Phoebe, just in this really funny moment, goes, that is brand new information, you know, because she's known this entire time. Whatever. Ben, dude, we know <laughs> <laughs> Like we 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 know we all watched your moment on Monday Night Football when you threw for six yards and had all this pomp and circumstance. I mean, I get that this is like part of it, but man, please be over I'm so done with this with with Ben Roethlisberger had a great career I mean you know congratulations to him but let's move on I mean this how many times can you have the same now it's got like all the talk radio in Pittsburgh let's let's do it again the top 10 Ben moments in Pittsburgh let's talk about you know Super Bowl 43 again this Antonio Holmes catch like let's talk about him making the tackle against Indianapolis like enough like we've done this a thousand times
1: I totally agree with you. He may have been participating in NFL games this year, but the league has retired him a couple of years ago. Let's be honest. You want to know about new information, RJ? How about this that just came out? Did you know that the 49ers actually agreed to a trade to acquire Ben Roethlisberger? This was in 2009. This was back uh, right before Mike Singletary's first full season as the 49ers head coach. It's after the sexual assault allegations came out uh, against Ben Roethlisberger. And the Niners apparently agreed to a trade with the Steelers for Ben Roethlisberger. And Jed York called Mike Singletary into his office and threw it on the table. And Mike Singletary said no. He said he vetoed it. He said he wanted to give Alex Smith a chance. And he wanted to have a team of high-character guys And so that is how Ben Roethlisberger ended up not being a San
2: Francisco 49er. What do you think about that? Um, I don't, I don't have the 49er fan in me to like speak on the Mike Singletary era. Uh, I'm sure that we could could, Mike Singletary error. We could do several shows on that. I I can understand where he's coming from. I mean, that's kind of been his thing, like to. I'm not saying it was, you know, false or, or empty or hollow, but to, to pound his chest in, in the name of certain things. Um that, that's at least what his his era feels like in hindsight. But um that would have been strange. I mean, I always feel like when when like long time players move, it look it's so weird when they wear different uniforms, but it's it's even more weird when the when the change is, is stark. You know, like if Russell Wilson were to wind up in Denver, for example, the helmet's still navy. You know what I mean? Like I I can <laughs> like, like I can I can kind of like adjust to that. The orange would be weird. Um, but you know what I mean? Like there's some closeness to that But like Ben, that's a total difference. You know what I mean? To wearing that 49, it would have looked unnatural. Um, and so I, I don't think, I don't, I don't think there are styles to like geography, like, Oh, he's a, he's a San Francisco quarterback or a Pittsburgh quarterback. It just, it wouldn't have worked. I'm, I'm, I'm glad it didn't happen. I'm I'm grateful that things played out the way that they did. I think you are too, as, as a 49er fan
1: well I mean I'm no fan of Ben Roethlisberger but he I can't deny that he's been better than every quarterback the 49ers have had since Steve Young so you know wow
2: the Jeff Garcia disrespect holy crap
1: Jeff Garcia is he's pretty low on my list right now after what he said about Mina Kimes so yeah
2: no thank you I mean I mean again we're talking about the football players here because who who these people are as people is a very different thing true Um, but Jeff Garcia the quarterback is one of No joke, my all-time favorite non-Dallas Cowboys. But again, just who he is as a football player. Who he is as a person, very separate and not cool thing. You actually gave us a great segue, RJ, talking
1: about uh, Hall of Fame quarterbacks that could wind up with the Denver Broncos because the the other news of the day outside the conference championship games is that their Broncos are reportedly finalizing a deal to hire Packers offensive coordinator Nathaniel Hackett as their head coach. The reason I think this is significant is because Aaron Rodgers has talked a lot about how much he likes Nathaniel Hackett. And, you know, there was a feeling last year that the Broncos were trying to trade for Aaron Rodgers. Mark Schler tweeted out, I think, that basically like they had a deal done uh, and now Hackett is going to be reportedly the head coach in Denver. Do you think that this is the start that that Nathaniel Hackett is sort of like the advance brigade bringing in the cavalry and Aaron Rodgers?
2: I don't. I mean, because I don't, like, when was the last time, and I'm, I'm open to anything, like, the, the floor is low here. When was the last time that the thing was, like, that was supposed to happen, happened? Like, when when was the last time, like, things, like, it, something that had been building and building and building, like, this is eventually going to happen whenever, you know, the contract runs out or whatever. Like, it is going to happen. It never happens. Those things never happen. I, I should you know, add to your point about Rodgers, you know, being enamored with Hackett, uh, Matt Schneidman, who covers the Packers for the Athletic, tweeted out a quote from Rodgers last season where he said that he hoped Nathaniel Hackett did not go anywhere unless he went there. Um, mm. But I, here's the thing, Stats. And again, we're talking about the football players and separating them from the people, kind of an early theme of this conversation with uh, with two different number sevens. But so we, we are like fully acknowledging that what Aaron Rodgers says is so difficult to trust, right? Like just, just as a general rule, right? General principle. So why are we so willing to buy this that, that Aaron, well, Aaron loves Nathaniel. He's been telling us this. He's told us a thousand different things. Like how can we, you know what I mean? Like how can we trust this one? I also think if, if you're Aaron, if Aaron is truly as narcissistic as some people think and believe him to be, I don't know exactly to what level I qualify him in that regard myself, but if he truly is that way, why would he just go be the Packers in Denver? You know, like that's, that's all that is, is like going with, with Nathaniel Hack. Like, why would he not want to carve his own path, his own coach, his own, you know, whatever. And I'm not saying go get John Fox in Denver, but it just seems strange to me. It's just, it just, it's like rearranging the living room furniture. The square footage is the same, you know? But it And, and so I don't, you know, and like all these like, oh, Nathaniel Hackett is going to be the head coach. Devontae Adams is going to go with him. Like what? Like you're just going to bring it. Like you're just going to change uniforms. That's really all it is.
1: Right. Uh, and it, well, you mentioned the housing analogy. It's like also living in a more expensive neighborhood. Steve Palazzolo from Pro Football Focus tweeted this out. And I totally agree. If Aaron Rodgers wants to win a Super Bowl, I don't see how moving from the NFC North to the AFC West would help his chances. It's harder to get there in the AFC. You've got to beat Lamar and Mahomes and Burrow and, and Herbert and all, like the AFC is loaded. It's an easier road to the Super Bowl in the NFC for sure. And so I think Rodgers would actually be making it more difficult on himself if he were to move to the AFC. Uh, and the other thing I was trying to think of is this, RJ, and you can tell me. Other than Peyton Manning with the Broncos, who is the Hall of Fame quarterback that has changed teams that has won a title? I don't think it's ever happened. I mean, Kurt Warner came close with the
2: Cardinals, no. very close. Well, uh, Tom Brady, obviously, is, is the other one. Oh, I geez. Mean, yeah. but, <laughs> but, most obvious example that I didn't think of. Well, All right. well, Peyton became the first player to ever win a Super Bowl with, with multiple teams. or first quarterback, <laughs> rather. But um, correct me if I'm wrong, Earl Morrill? Took two teams to the Super Bowl. Is that, am I, I? That would be I mean, my point. Is that it, I mean, all well, you asked, I'm mean, answering the question. Like, why, why are you asking if you're all upset with the answer? Jeez. Jim
1: Plunkett was on multiple teams, and one, but he wasn't like a Hall of Famer when he went back to the Raiders. It's a little bit different. You're right. The Brady thing I should have thought of, that was pretty maybe, dumb of me.
2: Maybe Warren Moon. We were actually talking about Warren Moon. Uh, but he
1: didn't before. win a Super Bowl.
2: No, but I mean, like, if you're talking about having success, like, you know, it, uh, like Peyton and Brady are the exceptions. Again, like, whoa, breaking loose here. But, like, there are some that have had some success. Kurt Warner's in that category. Warren Moon but with if the But if you're Vikings. bringing in Aaron Rodgers, you're not doing it just to get to the playoffs. You're doing it to win a championship. Well, to that point, though, and I, I mean, I don't want to relitigate this story. I mean, we've talked a lot about this at Block on the Boys, but what coach has done that? So, like, why would anybody, why would any non Saints team hire Sean Payton next year if, you know, history indicates that it can never happen? Why so, I mean, you're right. i like,
1: Mike McCarthy.
2: Oh, why would you do this, Statsman? I'm, I'm just here saying. to trash other teams. Dude, be cool. <laughs> uh, but no, I mean, it it's hard. I mean, like like just think of any that have had like relative success. Although we're kind of forgetting Matthew Stafford. Like Matthew Stafford's in his title game, you know, and not that he had success in Detroit. I mean, he had individual success, and obviously did go to the playoffs. But like, who who else is in that cat that? that neck of the woods the matthew stafford that's what's a little bit below kurt warner just to prove that it can happen because this is a relevant subject not just with rogers but maybe russell wilson maybe deshaun watson um so who who else has like kind of changed teams and had success because i have a few other answers how do you define success i don't know um they were a top 10-ish quarterback
1: i mean drew Brees he wasn't a hall of famer when the saints got him and he was coming off a major injury. So it was like the circumstances were a little bit different, but I mean, obviously he changed
2: teams and had incredible success. Michael Vick. I mean, it was a very small sample size in Philadelphia, but that's, he went went to jail. (laughs) Okay. Again, we're, we're talking about the football here. You know, that's the theme of today's show. Michael Vick. um, I, I, I re I don't look, I'm not saying this, like, boom, here's the, the like ace up my sleeve jay cutler i mean i like kind of fits that mold i mean was successful in denver and had did have success in chicago again there's a lot of jokes and memes and everything that come came from that but did have success yeah they went to an nfc title game um yeah but i think if you're bringing
1: in Rodgers, it's not Carry collins
2: carrie collins wow oh, jeez. yeah he, that's true he did go to a super bowl so uh and he was the one seed for the 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 last one seed Titans that they were a quarterback by Kerry Collins in two thousand eight after Vince Young got hurt. Man,
1: Kerry Collins. There's a name I haven't thought of since the <laughs> last day he played a snap in the NFL. All right, uh, I'm so, so proud of my my trivia here. I
2: crushed this. Good job, me.
1: Yeah, good job, you. All right, so that is. Hang on. Well, news. you didn't
2: you didn't answer the question though. Do you really believe? Because I don't. Do you believe this is the first domino to getting Aaron Rodgers to Denver?
1: Yes. Do you buy that? I do.
2: I do. Okay. So you're a sheep. Got it.
1: How much confidence do you have in Nathaniel Hackett as an offensive coordinator without Aaron Rodgers?
2: None. But, I mean, I just – this would obviously be an incredibly arrogant thing to do, you know, which is obvious. But but, um, So you're Aaron Rodgers. You're going to go to a tougher conference, obviously a tougher division, and you're going to do it with a guy who's never been a head coach before. You know, like it just seems – Look, he has obviously overestimated his abilities to calculate things this, this <laughs> season. <laughs> but, but I mean, that seems like a gross miscalculation. You know, like you know what I mean? Like uh, he is like he's not as smart as he thinks he is. But we can both, we can all admit that he is very smart. It's certainly very football smart. Again, football, the subject of today's show. And so, I just think that would be an incredibly. It's not even arrogant. It, it would be incredibly like foolish, you know, on some level. Is I mean, like say the Raiders hire Doug Peterson, because we don't know who they're going to hire, but say say that's who it is. Is Nathaniel Hackett not the worst coach in, in the AFC West? I'm low on Brandon Staley, but I mean, he's he's just but by default better than Nathaniel Hackett. <laughs> I mean, it's, seriously, it's, I close. it's
1: close. I mean, yeah, like there's certainly no guarantee of success with Nathaniel Hackett, even if Rogers is
2: there. Um, so we'll see how it works out for Denver. My my last thing on this stat, sorry, is we've obviously talked a lot about the Chiefs-Bills game from last week. Would would we both agree that Josh Allen is QB2 in the NFL now? It's Mahomes, Allen, and then the discussion starts. Agreed. Okay. So even as as talented as Aaron Rodgers is, he's going to be the season's MVP, back-to-back MVPs. He is not playing at the level that Josh Allen is. And Josh Allen, who is the the only quarterback who's better than him, is Patrick Mahomes, as we've defined here played at a Super Saiyan freak mode level last week and lost. So why would Aaron Rodgers tempt that and, and poke that bear in the eye and dance in front of that dragon? You know what I mean? Like, it's, it's so you would think that that performance would force him to recalculate things. I don't
1: think Aaron Rodgers ever considers the fact that he might be wrong. So I think he thinks whatever he wants to do is the right thing to do, and it's going to work out. And we'll see if it does. We'll see if he even gets there. Like you said, there's still a long way to go before that happens. Those are the two biggest stories outside of the conference championship games. What we're going to do is we're going to take a break, and then we're going to talk about the conference championship games and how one quarterback who has played the complete opposite of Super Saiyan and has yet to throw a touchdown pass in the playoffs is playing for a chance to go to the Super Bowl.
0: Go to sylvan29.com to learn more and get your child's assessment for only $29. That's S-Y-L-V-A-N 29.com.
1: Back here on The Look Ahead. All right, RJ, let us begin to talk about the conference championship games. I will give you the option. You're going to get to pick which game we go to first, but before we do that, you and I have been in competition with one another picking games down the stretch here of the nfl's regular season and into the playoffs the loser of this competition is going to make a nice donation to charity and uh you had a nice lead and i have since come roaring back
2: please update the people this is like a a simba as a as a young cub roar to be very clear um not exactly a big one um but someday you will be a mighty king to topical reference there um, anyway, uh, so I had a 15 to 12 lead on stats as far as games entering divisional weekend. Now, as has been noted by myself and um, somebody who shall remain nameless here on the best show on the SB NFL show. Um, I, I was incorrect on all four divisional round picks. I tweeted <laughs> out my picks. I was wrong on all four. Uh, A truly impressive feat by me. But we only um, had two games that we disagreed on stats. So you were wrong on half of them. So shout out to you. Um, I took the Titans over the Bengals. I took the Packers over the Niners. And I was wrong. So the lead now is down to one. I am up 15 to 14. There are three games left. Uh, So it's going to be very interesting to see how this shakes out. If we only disagree on one, you know, I could win this thing. You know what I mean? If if we only disagree on one, we could set, set it up to where the Super Bowl is our Super Bowl. So I'm very excited to see how this shakes out. I'm, I'm going to be honest with you. I haven't fully even decided where I'm going yet because, you know, we're picking based off the spread, according to our friends at DraftKings Sportsbook, in case somebody's unaware. So I'm I'm fully I'm open. I'm open to kind of the emotions that that float in as we discuss. I'm excited.
1: It's going to be fun. We are going to give you one thing that each team is going to do in these
2: two conference championship games. So you get to pick. Where do you want to start? AFC or NFC? I want to save the best for last. So I want to save Niners Rams. OK, I have a lot of things to say, but I want to say, first of all, stats, before we discuss either of the two games, have you noticed that the logo for all four of these teams happen to be letters? All four teams have letters as their logo. The Bengals have have to be noticed that the the Chiefs, technically it's an arrowhead, but it has the KC obviously in the middle. San Francisco is the SF and the Rams have the L.A. with the swoop. We got four letter based teams going on here. I mean, just a, a, a tough time to have an actual logo like the Cowboys or the Saints, the Chargers, the Broncos, the Bills, whatever. I did not realize that.
1: You want to know why? Because the Bengals and the Rams don't have the letters on the helmet. So I didn't think of
2: that. Yeah, that's true. I, I've said before I hate the Bengals logo. Like you have such an awesome like the 49ers fine. You want to use the SF, you don't have anything cool to actually use. Good for you. True. Get. But the Bengals, you have a freaking tiger. Like just use <laughs> it. It's so it would be so sick. And you have actual stripes. Like that's whatever. Um, anyway, uh, let's start with Bengals Chiefs. What is the line? The line is Chiefs minus seven in this one. I
1: think this is gonna be such a fun game. It was the last time they played too. I think Joe Burrow is as hot as any quarterback. Obviously, we saw what Mahomes just did. This, these two conference championship games are both going to be fun, but I think this one is probably going to be more fun than
2: Niners Rams. I mentioned that the Bengals logo is a B. It's appropriate because it stands for bandwagon. That's what the Oddcast is. Oh, <laughs> Justin Herbert, we love you so much, Justin Herbert. He's the best quarterback of the 2020 draft class. One hour later, Joe Burrow forever. We Justin Herbert's dead to us. We that love Joe Burrow. We've Joe Burrow. We always love Joe Burrow. I mean, y'all are such, you know, floating, floaters of the wind. I mean, seriously, pick a lane, guys. Seriously, you know, just that's all I'm saying. But I love Joe Burrow, all right? I don't profess my love to him and, like, you know, swear a blood oath to him like the podcast does. But, I mean... I just don't I, – I would love to be wrong. I really would. I just don't see them having the horses to go back and forth. Like, man, dude, Kansas City had a chance. Like, or, or everybody had a chance, rather, on Kansas City. And, and Cincinnati took theirs, to be very fair. But, like, you've got to – BLG mentioned and you've talked about it before on the podcast how you have to play perfect to to beat the Chiefs. I think you almost actually have to play reckless if that makes sense. Like the Bengals did at the end of of their game against the Chiefs, like it was kind of reckless. And I know you talked about it on the late night wrap up that week how you loved it and everything, but like it was kind of reckless. Like they were so fortunate that they got that penalty on fourth and goal. I've long said that this is like, um, and Joe Burrow sort of ruins this, but you know, in like a cartoon. Like, let's use Tom and Jerry, for example, where, say, like, Tom is in charge of watching the baby that his family has, right? And the, that somehow, some way, the baby gets on, like, a construction beam, and Tom is, like, freaking out, chasing the baby, like, trying to catch it and save it whatever. And the baby sees, like, a butterfly, and so it bends down, and, the, like, a beam swings over, and because the baby is bent over, it misses it, and then it hits Tom in the face. You have to be, like, unaware of the danger that surrounds you to have success like the baby in this example. But if you're Tom, if you are mindfully aware of the consequences, then you kind of shrink in the moment. And I think that's what happens to say Aaron Rodgers, for example, but the Bengals are young enough and inexperienced enough that they're kind of the baby. You know what I mean? They they don't like, they don't know how volatile this is. Like they are going to Arrowhead for the AFC championship game. So they are kind of like floating in that blurred part that you have to live in. But man, I just think Kansas city's back and that is disappointing from uh you know, intrigue perspective, but I just don't, I don't know how it happens unless Jamar chase. That's the key. If Jamar chase goes off, then Cincinnati has a chance. I just don't know that I think it's possible. I love the whole Joe
1: Burrow approach. He said, I've played in louder stadiums than arrowhead in the sec. And I know arrowheads loud, but he might be right about that. I mean, first of all, the college stadiums in terms of capacity, some of them are just insane, but he's not scared of anything. He's not scared of the moment. He doesn't back down. Like Joe Burrow is ready. And I think that does, trickle down to the rest of that team. I think Burrow looks at it and he's like, I think we could beat anybody in the world. I expect to see Cincinnati just put the ball in his hands. That's my one thing that I see from them is they're going to let Burrow win or lose this game for them. They're going to chuck it. They're going to be aggressive. They're going to be aggressive early. And I say this not to bring everything back to the 49ers, but only because this is the actual truth. After Cincinnati lost to the 49ers, Zach Taylor looked at things and said, basically, I screwed up. I took the ball out of Joe Burrow's hands too often. If you remember, since he got the ball first in overtime, got to the red zone and then went run, run, pass, and ended up kicking a field goal and ultimately losing that game. Since then, Zach Taylor said that that was the wrong way to go. He put the ball in Burrow's hands. They have thrown the ball on more than 60% of early downs since then. That is the third highest rate in the entire league behind only the Chiefs and the Bills. So he has made that switch. And I think that Cincinnati has benefited from it. And I think that's what we're going to see. And we're going to see big, big plays from him. Burrow had 12 completions of 50 or more yards this year. That is the most, not just this year, that is the most by any quarterback in the last 20
2: years. Burrow and Cincy are going to give the Chiefs all they can handle. PFF had an interesting write-up this week, looking at, at kind of clutchness, um, which is you know, impossible to quantify and measure and whatever. But Joe Burrow is kind of that. And there's a lot to sort of justify that in terms of his time at LSU. Obviously, the, the sample size in the NFL is small for him. And I, I do think there's something to that. Like, I do think, I don't know that he elevates his play in in clutch moments, but I do think he's less rattled th- than your average player tends to be. Obviously, there are other people who, who don't get as rattled the way we're talking about Burrow here. Do, so he threw an interception last week against the Titans. Do you know the last, the day of his last interception? prior to last week's game against Tennessee. It had been at least a month, right? So last Saturday was January 22nd, right? Um, His most recent interception prior to that was December 5th. He basically went like the most clutch part of the season without turning the ball over. And so while that's inspiring, I don't know how sustainable that is because – the, the moment you you have an interception and it's not maybe it's not even your fault like maybe it's a tip pass or something crazy or whatever like the your whole like who you are as a team changes and this is i mean we've seen like buffalo was unstoppable dude you know what i mean and and like their offense was flawless and they lost and so it it just takes one turnover one settling for a field goal you know to give kansas city that extra you know gap to to bury you and i I I'd so I wrote something last week at Blogging the Boys about, you know, kind of Cowboys takeaways from the divisional round. And my top one was how superstars shone so bright for every team last week. Obviously, the winners. Cooper Cup for the Rams. Debo Samuel for the Niners, obviously. Joe Burrow. Jamar Chase didn't score but had a big game. It's specifically, Tyreek Hill and Travis Kelsey. You know, so much has been made about the 13 seconds thing. I I just find it impossible that everyone can know what you need and who you <laughs> need it from and that they can, like, pull it off. I mean, so I don't – I love Jamar Chase, but I don't think Cincinnati has anything as potent as Tyreek Hill or Travis Kelsey, let alone the fact that Kansas City has both of them. It is incredible that, like, Kelsey – I mean, I get killed
1: because I bang on George Kittle sometimes because I say he doesn't score enough. Kelsey's better than George Kittle. Like, every time the Chiefs need a play, Kelsey's there. Go look at his touchdowns in the playoffs. He has – I, I can't remember. Did he have 100 yards last week? I'll pull it up for you, we... Uh, because ask. if he did, he ties Jerry Rice for the most ever 100-yard receiving games in the playoffs. Like wow, that when, was a rough game for Jerry Rice with Gabriel Davis taking over too. When everybody's gearing up to stop him, it doesn't matter. He still 96 comes yards to, last week. Okay, by the way. so he just missed it. So he could still tie it this week. Like he's incredible, and the fact that him and Mahomes are just drawing plays up in the dirt, like I don't know how you stop that. But you said that the Bills played perfect. They didn't, RJ. And I know it's a high bar, but they punted twice on fourth and short. They did not go for it. And that opens the door in games that are that close. That opens the door to trouble. And I think that that's how Zach Taylor has to play it. He should go into this game. Be like, hey, I'm playing with house money. Nobody thinks we can win. We're the underdog. We're on the road. We're going for it on fourth and short every single time. I'm putting it in Joe Burrow's hands and if we die, we die, but this is the only way that we can succeed, right? There is only way one way for them to win and that is the path that they have to walk. They might not be able to do it, but to not try guarantees
2: failure. So, I know I botched my Avengers analogy on Monday Football Monday, so Yes, you, you did. Know, I apologize to everybody. Angry. I know I'm I'm sorry, but basically stats you are saying, if really, if if the Nation and NFL show staff were Marvel characters, you would be Doctor Strange. Let's be very honest; like that's who you are. I hope you're okay with that. But I've decided that's who you are. Why? I know you want to. I know you, America, but, I you know, want like, to be Captain America, but you know, like, but you just fit it. You just you have the like the you know educational vibe. You you're you know you're our intellectual leader. You know, so there you wow, go. that was a really nice thing I just said to you. How about some thank yous? You know. Anyway so you are basically surrendering the time stone you know there, there's <laughs> there's only one one way you know bangles that, that you can pull this off and you have to do it this way one out of a gajillion different permutations this is the one way um in looking at travis kelsey by the way um you didn't even say who i would be in the marvel cinematic universe or whatever um last week he did not that. last week he did not have 100 yards as mentioned he was four shy that would have been, if he had four more yards, and granted, the game did go to overtime, that would have been his fifth straight playoff game with over 100 yards. Last season, all three playoff games went over 100 and obviously did against Pittsburgh. Dude is a freak. I mean, he's a freak. He is. It's incredible. Like I don't know how you stop that when he literally is like, hey, just do this. I'm going to run
1: over here and you do it. And then and Mahomes, before the snap, is like, do it, do it. And then they just, like, he's wide open and they hit some Like... They're so freaking good together. It's,
2: you know, it's amazing how... I, I still don't think that we made enough about the, how they erased their deficit against Houston two years ago. I mean, because it was so quick. You know, it, it wasn't like Tampa's comeback against the Rams where it took like to the very last second. I mean, it was like the blink of an eye. And we don't even like talk about that anymore because they've done so many other incredible things. I mean, the 13 seconds thing is going to be hard to top. But if anyone can find a way, it's obviously them. Um, I'm taking Kansas City to cover. That's
1: a good but So that's, let's, before we get to the picks, let's talk about Oh, that. wow. Like,
2: okay. So you hate my, you hate my pick. Okay,
1: cool. Let's say the Kansas city comes out, right. And they have one of those just, just like blitzkrieg type moments where they drop 17 points in the first quarter, just boom. Do you think Cincinnati can take that punch? Or do you think that they'll kind of, that'll kind of knock them out?
2: No, I mean, I think, I, I think the moment you, you know, I think the mo- you you've got to be so I, I mentioned the Buffalo was perfect last week and you you were correct in disagreeing with me. I maintained that they were perfect from an execution standpoint. The offense yes. like when they were called upon, they were perfect. And so you have to not only execute perfectly, but you have to think perfectly. And and those are each difficult propositions. And so I don't, I don't think they can do either one. I mean, and so, like, asking for both is an impossibility here. I would love to be wrong. I would love to see the Bengals in the Super Bowl. I really would. I mean, but it's just – it's hard to see happening. I mean, when was the last time they were perfect? Like, the, the Bengals were absolutely, totally, completely, 100% perfect. I mean, you you bagged, and, and rightly so, but you bagged on the Titans. Like, how can you pick the Titans? They lost to the Jets. The Bengals lost to the Jets. Like, how are we out here, you know, ready to, you know, say, like – this is the team. This is the the path of the you know the time stone being given up. Like this is such a hard team to trust to be perfect. That you're not wrong,
1: um, and part of I think what works against people sometimes is they worry about the criticism. Credit to Brandon Staley, he does what he does on fourth down, and he doesn't care if people criticize him. Is Zach Taylor going to play the same way? I don't know. He should because I feel like you. No matter what happens, if the Bengals lost this game by 100 points, how can you criticize them? They've had an incredible season. Nobody thought that they were going to be playing in the AFC Championship game. So go for it, man. Don't turtle up. And I hope he does. That said, I think I'm going to take the Chiefs to cover. Uh,
2: (laughs) No, I mean, like, this is something like we can all agree, like we want this to happen. You know what I mean? Like, it's this is I do. I know I do, too. But like to me, and this is ironic because we've talked so much Marvel. This is like this is this is the justice league movie like please be good please like please don't you know just just be good so we can believe come on bangles please and then you know ironically um you know it, i don't know why i said snyder but uh yeah i thought in my mind that made sense as an, as an ironic point but it's not if it had been washington it would have but um you know hey this is what it and is. Patrick Mahomes is playing for legacy in this one. You know, he's trying to
1: get back to the Super Bowl. It would be three straight Super Bowls for him. If he won the Super Bowl, he'd have two by the time he was 26, which I think Brady did the exact same thing. Like he's kind of, you know, I, I said years ago when Michael Phelps was in the Olympics and he was setting all those world records. The coolest part about that for me was that he wasn't just competing against the other people in the pool with him. He was literally competing against everybody else that has ever swam in the Olympics. Mark that Spitz, was amazing, baby.
2: Put some respect on his name. Well, Spitz and everybody else also. Yeah, but that was
1: the record that he was chasing. Right. No, that's um, but that's kind of where Mahomes is at. Like, we've already established, like, he's amazing. He's incredible. He's the best quarterback in the league. Like, now he's, he's, up, he's on the Brady, like, track. That's kind of who he's competing against. And it's a high freaking bar. He could play. He could do exactly what Josh Allen did last week and wind up losing this game. And so there's a lot on the line for Mahomes.
2: To live in that analogy... If, if this is if this is Mahomes's um, 08 Olympics, that was Beijing, right? Yeah, um, I think so. Which incidentally is is where the Winter Olympics are. But um, if if this is his 08, you know, games, last week was the the Lee Zach relay moment for the for him. You know, like you know what I'm saying? Oh, yeah. Like it, like that. It was it, it was that like improbable of a, of a team sort of thing that kept the individual goal alive.
1: People probably don't remember the Lezak moment, but it was pretty cool. He had this incredible comeback in the relay uh, that dude. won them. The it was suck ridiculous. on that
2: France. I mean, seriously. Like <laughs> we, we we were talking uh, before we started recording and streaming about. Uh, well, we wanted to get into it, but like things that we remembered where we were. I vividly remember where I watched that relay. Like I vi- I was in my, my in my grandparents' house and I watched it. I was in my grandma's bedroom and I I like vividly remember like watching it on her TV in that like moment of triumph. Sweet. Do you remember where you saw Scott? No, definitely. I I also. I don't think any human being has ever looked as shredded as Phelps in the like celebration. You know, I'm talking like no human being has ever looked that way. He had quite a run. I'll say that. All right. It was not a run. It was a swim. He didn't run at all. God. Okay. Can we just move on, please? (laughs) Yeah. The NFC Championship of the century. Game of the century. It's
1: the 49ers in LA to play the Rams. Rams are giving three and a half points in this game. That is stunning to me, RJ. What name a reason why the Rams should be favored over the 49ers? A single reason
2: because it's at SoFat Stadium. Levi's all the stars South are going to be out. It's at Levi's South. I mean, well, you asked. I mean, I'm answering the, the question. That's all I'm saying. This is um. so I find it incredible that we went 54 years without. The team who whose stadium was going to host the Super Bowl playing in it, and that we could go back to back. That is stupid, wild to me. I also fully believe that Sean McVay badly wants to one up the Bucks by saying we also won the NFC title game in the building, not just, And also, by the way, like this, like what I just said, this is a whole different component of this game. I, but I did want to say this. This all happened by a twist of fate. Because this Super Bowl was supposed to be in Tampa. You will recall stats. True. And last year's was supposed to be in L.A. It, and it only got delayed because of the construction at SoFi. So if, if that had never happened, we might still never have a team that won the Super Bowl in their own home stadium. So twist of fate that it worked out for the Bucs that way in the Rams this year. Yeah, I don't I don't know. I'm so undecided. You go first. I don't know what to do. I'm terrified because we're. I feel so, like we're going to disagree here.
1: One quick note on the stadium thing. So either the Rams win and they play the conference championship and the Super Bowl in the same stadium, or the 49ers win and they would have gone to SoFi in week 18 to get into the playoffs, one, gone to SoFi in the conference championship game, one, to get to the Super Bowl. And then possibly, if they win the Super Bowl, would win the Super Bowl in SoFi Stadium. So there's weird stuff happening with these teams in the NFC in this stadium. I, Was not confident going into the game last week. I picked the Packers to win the game. I didn't think the 49ers were going to be able to do it. And if you had told me they weren't going to score an offensive touchdown, I sure as hell wouldn't have picked them to win the game. I feel confident going into this game. I just do. The 49ers own the Rams. And it's for a very specific reason. They out physical the Rams. The Niners' strength is passing to the middle of the field. That is the weakness of the Rams. And that hasn't changed.
2: I think. And I'm trying to think of the way to word this because it's going to go to your head, but we have to reclassify the Sean McVay chatter that happens in the NFL, right? Like, oh, so-and-so is a friend of Sean McVay. Sean McVay is the archetype. Sean McVay is this. He's the young guy. That's what that's like. No, it's Kyle Shanahan. That's who it is. It's not Sean McVay. Like. Kyle Shanahan is who you, random person, think Sean McVay is. Sean McVay has a little bit more product in his hair, so that's why Sean McVay <laughs> gets the attention. He's in L.A. as opposed to San Francisco. But it is truly Kyle Shanahan. I am so – we- I mean, believe me, I'm bummed. The Cowboys aren't in this. But I know you remember the Thursday night game between San Francisco and the Rams in 2017. Is that when it was? Uh, when the Rams wore their color rush uniforms in San Francisco. Yep. And I remember, like, we do this all the time, again, as evidenced by the Mahomes-Allen game last week. Like, that night, I remember the take being like, we're going to be watching this rivalry for for a decade. You know, like, we're so, like, we we say that as a society so often. Like, we're going to watch this for a decade. Like, things don't last a decade, all right, people? You know, like, network television shows don't even last a decade anymore. You don't have your friends in your offices anymore. But, anyway... um, this is you talked about a legacy game for Mahomes. This is a legacy game. If if McVeigh loses a seventh straight game to Big Daddy Kyle in his house with a Super Bowl in, in, in that house on the line for the Rams, dude, you gotta retire. Like you, you gotta <laughs> Sean Payton and get out of here. Like you you have to. Like that, like it it's one thing, and, and again, I'm coming from a cowboy slant. It's one thing when a team owns you, it is so devastating that the Packers own the Cowboys like I hate that I hate that so much no matter what happens the Packers own the Cowboys but thankfully the Cowboys are not owned by any division rival they own the Giants they own Washington they own the Eagles but they are not owned in that way if you are owned by a division rival and then that division rival gets to play and maybe even win the Super Bowl in your house that Kenny that is so insecure about it that you're like prohibiting them from buying tickets like this is a, a a massive L waiting to hover over the Rams and I know we gave the Rams a ton of credit this past week oh man the Matthew Stafford trade it looks awesome right now especially the last Second hookup with Cooper Cup, respect, but we're such a fickle society in addition to like, uh, it's you know, decade society that if they lose, it is a you did all of that for nothing. And this is like, this is on Sean McVay because if you lose, it's no longer on Jared Goff, it's on you, Sean. You are not good enough. Kyle is the one who owns you, not any member of your team. I have to agree with that. I mean, McVay was literally asked in his press conference yesterday,
1: Is Kyle Shanahan in your head? Which, by the way, Great question. For those who are wondering, Sean McVay's head is 90% 49ers, 10% hair gel, just so you know. It is on him because look, the 49ers can say we beat you with Jared Goff, we beat you with Matthew Stafford, we beat you with not one, not two, but three different defensive coordinators. So the only constant has been Sean McVay during this seven-game stretch, so eventually it has to come down on him. I do want to say I think Matthew Stafford deserves huge credit for making that throw last week. I thought the Rams were going to fold up. I thought they had nothing left, that Brady was going to cap the comeback. For Matthew Stafford to make that throw in that spot, he deserves a massive, massive amount of credit. That is exactly why the Rams made that trade. And I think Stafford can take a little bit of satisfaction, even if they don't win, and maybe they will. You know, I'm confident that the Niners are going to win, but certainly it's no guarantee. Even if the Rams don't win, Matthew Stafford can say, when the second I got a competent team and coach around me, I went to the NFC championship game. So for all you people that have been talking crap about me for years, about how I'm not a winner and all this, the first year I got a competent team and coach around me, I'm in the NFC title game at home. So maybe, you know, let's slow down on our Matthew Stafford slander.
2: Yeah. I mean, and I think this is the rare like situation where the, the quarterback could evade the criticism where the coach gets it. You know what I mean? And like, it would it would take this game for that to happen it would take this kind of l i mean again like this is a lot of people said, I know I keep making this about the Cowboys, but a lot of people said that the 49ers were the worst draw for the Cowboys from an opponent standpoint. I would, I would still like have no regrets about it because I think you take being the three seed over the four seed 100 out of 100 times because you never know how things are going to work out. But this is the worst from a narrative standpoint for the Rams. If you lose the NFC title game, to the, I know they played the Bucks, but to the Bucks or the Packers or even the Cowboys, it's like whatever. You know, it sucks, but you lost. But if you lose here, you are owned. You are owned. I mean, you are. I, do you watch Yellowstone? No, never mind. But you are branded. Like, just put the the SF on on your chest. That's <laughs> that's. I mean, like, seriously. Like, take take the Ram helmet off and put put the SF on there because you are owned. I the Rams have. I love Debo Samuel, but the Rams have the the most explosive offensive playmaker in this game in 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 a vertical sense because Debo can do a billion different things. All over the place. But I mean, Cooper Cup can pick up the most ground the quickest. And I, I mean that with all due respect to Debo Same. I think you I hope you understand my point. Like Cooper Cup can, can get you 50 yards in a I think a flashier flash than Debo. Debo's is also a flash, but I hope you get my point. That's the one area where I give them like a slight advantage. Like if they can have that Cooper Cup Super Saiyan game, but I think the more, I think it's much more likely that Debo Samuel has like a a standard Debo Samuel Super Saiyan game. So I'm inclined to trust San Francisco, but do you agree with that?
1: No, because here's the thing. Cooper Cup has had those games in the matchups against the 49ers recently. The Niners have not been able to stop him and they still can't win. In November, he had 11 catches for 122 yards against the 49ers. They lost still. The game at the end of the season, seven catches, 118 yards, and a touchdown, and they lost. And I think the reason is the Niners are more physical than the Rams. You know, I talked to Joe Staley yesterday for a Niners Nation podcast, and he said the second the Cowboys and Micah Parsons started talking about how they were going to bully the bully and they were going to, you know, be more physical, and Micah Parsons is
2: from Harrisburg, and the bu- – book. Staley said this had such a problem with this. It's so dumb, but keep going.
1: Staley said the second they started talking about that, he knew that the Niners were going to shove them around. Because if you have to talk about it like that, you're trying to convince yourself. You're trying to change who you are. The Packers didn't say anything like that last week. And they came out and they physically dominated the 49ers for most of that game. The Rams love to make a big show about how they're not going to get shoved around. And even in the week 18 game in the first series, Jalen Ramsey, Threw himself at Debo Samuel to try and take a big shot at Debo. And he hit Debo and it stopped Debo in his tracks. But Samuel didn't fall down. He was just like, okay, I took your best shot. And now here we come. And that is not changing. I think over the course of this game, you're going to see the 49ers offense get stronger and stronger and stronger. And I think you're going to see the Rams do what the Rams have done against the 49ers, which is give it up, give up big gains
2: on the ground, and eventually see the game salted away. I, um, I can't believe we haven't mentioned Jimmy Garoppolo's name here. And, like, here's the thing. Like, we've talked about, like, Kyle owning Sean, whatever. And you talked about, like, the defensive coordinators, Matthew Stavern, Jared Goff. Dude, if Kyle if, – if, like, if you're in this era, Sean, where you're owned by Kyle and Kyle's got one arm tied behind his back and Jimmy Garoppolo, like, again, you got to leave town. Like, seriously, it's, it's that bad. Like, Kyle's stunting all over you at this point. So, I – I was full. I'll be honest with you. I want the Rams to win. All right. I'm rooting for Matthew Stafford. I'm rooting for Cooper cup. I would love to see that happen. I personally am rooting for the Rams. I don't want the Niners to get to six, but for the Cowboys, I know that's petty and petulant, but Hey, I get um, it. Heavy is the crown. So I'm rooting for the Rams. I'm going to pick the 49ers. That's where I'm at. Yes. There you go. I'm picking
1: the Niners, especially if I'm getting points. Like I'm sorry. You know, there's a saying that a lot of gamblers lose money betting on streaks to end. Well, the Niners have owned the Rams. It's six straight games now. The fundamental reasons for that have not changed. The only way to me the 49ers lose this game is if Jimmy Garoppolo just has an absolute utter meltdown. And I don't know that Kyle Shanahan's ever going to let it get to that point because I think he's just going to run the ball. In the last two games against the Rams, the 49ers have run the ball 75 times and they've averaged more than 145 yards in those games. So I don't even know that Jimmy Garoppolo will get the chance to melt down in this game. I'm not saying it's going to be a blowout by any stretch of the imagination. I'm not saying the Rams are a bad team. I just don't think that they are going to be able to get it done. I think there's definitely an element of, oh, no, Here we go again. I think the Niners are going to be in the Rams' heads. They're going to take over that stadium. Vivid Seats estimates that 65% of the fans that are going to be there are 49ers fans. Rams could have to go on a silent count again. I just don't see the Rams beating the 49ers. I think San Francisco is going to the Super Bowl.
2: San Francisco, Kansas City would be super-duper boring um, and super-duper lame, but... I just picked it to happen. I hope I'm wrong on both of my picks like I was last week. Maybe that's what I'm doing, Stats. Maybe I'm playing the long game here. Mm. Huh. Uh, by the way, so I want do, no part so of that. We actually, since we agreed on our picks this week, Stats, unless we disagree on the Super Bowl and you get that right, I win. I'm guaranteed. Ooh. I'm guaranteed no loss. Look at this. Look at me. All right.
1: uh, Before we wrap up the show, RJ, we've got a couple other pieces of news that have happened as we've been recording. First, reportedly, Colts defensive coordinator Matt Eberflus
2: is being hired to be the new head coach of the Chicago Bears. What do you think about that? I love Matt Eberflus, uh, former defensive passing game coordinator for the Cowboys before making the jump to Indianapolis. His staff was actually originally part of Josh McDaniels, staff in Indianapolis that was assembled. And then obviously left without a head coach when McDaniels ducked out. Uh, so work has worked for Frank Reich over the last few years, uh, really responsible for the development of Darius Leonard, not to take away from Darius, obviously, uh, but has overseen that DeForest Buckner, who you obviously know well. Flus is so awesome. I mean, I Nobody I know speaks higher than him, and I hope this like contextualizes how great he is, than Sean Lee. Sean Lee it loves Matty Riffleus and maintains that he is the brightest defensive mind he's ever worked with, et cetera. He was kind of the de facto defensive coordinator for the Cowboys uh, under Rod Marinelli before leaving. Every Cowboys fan was so bummed when he left just because they wanted him to ascend and stay within the organization. It's been awesome to see him have success. I'm so pumped. The Bears are a team that are kind of like, I have a soft spot for a lot of that's my dog's name. Um, I so I want them to be good. I want them to have a coach and a quarterback and, and players I can rally and get behind. I am over the moon. The Matt Eberflus. His family is so awesome. I'm so happy to see this.
1: couple of things here. One, I'm interested to see what the Colts do. Because remember, Matt Eberflus was on the Colts because Josh McDaniels hired him for his staff when he thought he was going there. Like Frank Reich never picked Matt Eberflus, which I think is fascinating. So I want to see what they do for the bears. This could be a good hire. I just always... Think of this. When you hire a defensive head coach, obviously your offensive coordinator is going to be incredibly important. But if that person has success in that role, you are going to have to replace them pretty quickly because they are going to get hired to be a head coach somewhere. That's a very challenging thing to do. And obviously it's going to be very important because Chicago needs somebody that can develop Justin Fields. So I'm I'm fascinated to see who he will pick there. Uh, but everything I've heard about Ibra Flues is incredibly positive. I have no idea how he'll be as a head coach but I understand the bears thinking here. I, I like, I could at least see where they're going. They are sort of leaning into their strength because the strength of their team is defense. So we'll see how it turns out for the bears. It's a totally new regime there. They got a new GM. Now they have a new head coach scale of one to 10, your level of confidence in what the bears are doing. I mean,
2: I I'm a 10 out of 10. I'm at Eberflus. I mean, wow. I know. I mean, he, I, I think that highly of him, um, and so I'm, I'm very interested to see who his offensive coordinator is going to be, obviously, but he is the he's a leader of men and all, he checks all the right, you know, kind of off the field boxes. But I think that that culture, we, we talk about this with with teams like the the Giants, for example, and obviously Washington, but very different situation. I do think the Bears like. It's it's a little under the radar how that organization is in need of a culture reset. Like it's it's too much of a True. mess. Like like there there isn't an, you know the 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 like the way of success has been really forgotten. And I don't think that Matt Nagy Matt Nagy remember he's like Bu Bu like they went offensive you know with him. I think Falous is is the right guy to kind of steady the ship. Very similar to Dan Quinn. That's that's the effect I thought that Dan Quinn could or would have on a new team. But um, as I, I work on other things for Blogging the Boys in the background, you know, I'm all over the place here, Stats. But um, we mentioned Nathaniel Hackett being hired to be the head coach of the Denver Broncos, and now Matt Bifluis, the head coach of the Chicago Bears. Those long-seemed, those two jobs specifically, it seemed like Dan Quinn was going to get one of those and walk away from the Dallas Cowboys until Thursday morning. The news of, reportedly, according to Tom
1: Pelissero, is that Dan Quinn has informed teams that he is staying with the Cowboys, according to sources – Six teams had requested head coaching interviews with Quinn, who decided he wanted to return to Dallas to try to win a Super Bowl. I'm skeptical of this. Did he decide he wanted to return to Dallas or did he just not get the jobs in Denver and Chicago?
2: I have the answer for you, and I think you're going to actually buy it 100 percent. I believe and a lot of people believe that Dan Quinn believes that Pete Carroll is walking away after this season. Ooh. And Dan, Dan Quinn loved his time in Seattle. Obviously, had a lot of success as the defensive coordinator for them. Won the Super Bowl with that organization. It seems it seems like that's that's the job he's got his eyes set on. I know he wanted to work with George Payton in Denver. Obviously, a longtime friend of his. But that that is what seems the most likely to me. Are you ready for my Dan Quinn hot take? Of course.
1: And this could be this could be uh, wrong if if Pete Carroll walks away. This obviously doesn't apply. If Dan Quinn doesn't take a head coaching job this offseason, I do not think he's going to be a hot guy next season. I think he needs to strike while the iron is hot. A massive part of the Cowboys success this year, a huge part of their defensive success was turnovers. And we have seen there is extreme volatility with turnovers. If the Cowboys did not take the ball away, their defense got worked. They gave up a ton of yardage and a ton of points. I think that Dan Quinn's defense its just very very unlikely that they are going to get as many turnovers next year as they did this year and I think the warts are going to start to show I think it would be a huge mistake for him to not get hired because if that Cowboys defense stinks next year RJ he's not going to be this hot commodity
2: I agree but I think they'll be successful I mean I think I, again well they have the turnovers obviously that's a very difficult thing to predict or quantify whatever but I mean, similarly to Nathaniel Hackett, right? Like Nathaniel Hackett is um is who he is and has a success he does because of Aaron Rodgers. Who would like you gotta have an Aaron Rodgers on defense? What did Brandon Staley have in Los Angeles? They had Aaron Donald. So I mean, does all due respect, does Denver or Chicago have anything close to Micah Parsons in your estimation? Mm, Khalil Mack used to be, but probably right. not anymore. No That's what I I'm was, saying. Like and and I mean I said this last year when, when the Cowboys hired Dan Quinn. I mean, he he was obviously head coach. He was a big name. He had he, won a Super Bowl. You know, he'd been to a Super Bowl, obviously a very famous Super Bowl, very infamous for Atlanta. But if you can have success with the Cowboys, a lot of doors open up to you. And so I think he's if he really has a, a specific job that he wants – I, I think he's he's positioning himself well for that. He's he's not getting another job after this one, right? Like this this whatever this next job winds up being, he's not getting a third head coaching opportunity in the NFL. So it makes sense to be patient, bide his time, attach himself to a defensive superstar like Micah Parsons, and hopefully leverage that to what he truly and ultimately wants.
1: Okay. We'll see. I don't know. We'll see a year from now. Write it down. Stats is skeptical of Dan Quinn and his future as a head coach. If he doesn't take one this year, that that Seattle thing is interesting. That would be fascinating to me. I'll just say for the record, bring it on. Dan Quinn wants to be the head coach of the Seahawks. I have seen enough of Russell Wilson and Pete Carroll to know. I have seen too much. I, I throw up the white flag. Like we cannot beat those guys. Welcome Dan Quinn. We'll start a new streak against you. And then the 49ers will just own the NFC for years to come. What do you think about that? Well,
2: I don't care about that, but I do want to say one thing, this, so I've been saying all the, since the offseason began for the Cowboys this is about to be the off season with the least amount of juice that I can remember covering the Cowboys or loving the Cowboys rooting for the Cowboys and a lot of that was because it was it was based on the presumption that Dan Quinn was leaving and so because no, no there's not a Cowboys fan out there who would prefer Kellen Moore to Dan Quinn none no single one like everybody was kind of accepting the better coordinator is leaving and so your defense is going to regress your offense is going to stay the same and everybody has already had one foot out the door this week specifically with the Sean Payton news everybody has said this is all about 2023 Mm -hmm. etc etc Dan Quinn staying has injected life into this Cowboys offseason and into Mike McCarthy to be honest I mean I'm not saying it means that McCarthy is great or going to be great or anything like that but man this this is a lifeline that Mike McCarthy just got without losing the the most popular guy on his coaching staff
1: expectations for him just went up though right like hey you didn't lose your coordinator I mean I know they were already going to be high as it is but there's going to be high expectations, and I, you know my saying, RJ. What must be done eventually must be done immediately. I think the Cowboys are silly to wait a year and then hire Sean Payton. I think Sean Payton wants the Cowboys' job. We saw the report that came out from Mike Florio earlier this week that they they basically had a deal in place for Sean Payton, and it fell apart because of Anthony Davis of all things from the uh, from the Pelicans. So it's just a weird situation there. I I just think that if the Cowboys want Sean Payton they should go get Sean Payton. I don't think it's really fair to Mike McCarthy and this whole thing is such a charade. We all know what's going to happen.
2: So what are we waiting? Why are you throwing away another year if you're the Cowboys? Because you have Dan Quinn now. I mean, you know, and for what it's worth, that might be your head coach. You know, like and I know you're skeptical, but like if de- if the defense does have does have success if Michael Parsons takes another step. And again, I I think it, it will be very difficult for him to have the same sort of statistical success, you know, just because he will regress to the mean Trayvon Diggs will regress to the mean, um, etc. But I mean, that could be your option. I mean, like if, if people, if anybody believes the future head coach of the Cowboys is, is on Mike McCarthy's staff, it's not Kellen Moore. It's, Agreed. it's Dan Quinn. Um, so yeah, like you have, like you, you have a, a fail safe now. If you're the Cowboys, like that's, this is such an overwhelming bit of peace. Um, to, to have this option because look again like put, take put whatever stock you want to uh, recognize that for you it's not a lot but this Cowboys defense loves Dan Quinn Micah Parsons loves Dan Quinn and you know a, a different example of this is you know 2016 Mark Sanchez was Dak Prescott's backup quarterback so was Tony Romo for what it's worth but Dak attributed a lot of I would say his like understanding of things to mark sanchez and and he talked a lot about how in the discussions they would have that mark would tell him do the things you are doing this 2016 cowboys team he said they're impossible like you you don't realize how hard what you're doing truly is obviously mark lived that life his first two years with the jets and so you know he he was a great counsel piece of counsel for deck and so you know a, a take i had that following off season was like Bring Mark back. <laughs> like if, if Dak likes Mark, then we like Mark. And so in a very similar way, I feel if Micah likes Dan Quinn, then we like Dan Quinn. Dan Quinn has to stay if Micah wants Dan Quinn. And so in that sense, I'm, I'm very excited.
1: Well, I'm glad you're excited. I'm glad you're getting some good news. It's
2: You know, you didn't ex- exactly expect good
1: news on January 27th when your team is already eliminated. So good. I'm happy for you. Look at, look at
2: the Cowboys taking over our show about the conference championship game, though.
1: Yeah, they can try, but don't worry. No one's going to be talking about the Cowboys in a couple of days. So to recap, you and I are both taking the Chiefs minus seven and we are both taking the 49ers plus
2: three and a half. We are. Um, do you have any predictions for one more head coach? Do you want to do that? Because we've now got two spots filled, right? Um, we've got Denver and Chicago filled. A lot of people think that Jacksonville is going to be Byron Leftwich, but Adam Schefter did tweet that the Jaguars' private plane was in Denver on Monday um, to take Vic Fangio or to interview Vic Fangio. So mm. that that job could be Vic's potentially. So I you, will make – Go, for, go go ahead. Predict. I will
1: make this prediction. I think the Minnesota Vikings, I say this, unfortunately, because I'm being selfish. I think the Vikings are going to hire D'Amico Ryans to be their head coach, which hmm. makes me incredibly sad. Because I want to rephrase the question then. But go ahead. Finish your, your thought. D'Amico Ryans has been unbelievable, RJ. In the last 10 quarters, so the last two quarters of the Rams game in week 18 and the two playoff games, the 49ers have given up just 34 points. They are locking everyone down and the reason is D'Amico Ryan's I hope he stays
2: in San Francisco for another year I don't think it's going to happen so my question was more specifically like something that happens by the time you and I talk next week you know like that we we both just picked the 49ers to win so D'Amico Ryan's can't be hired in that time obviously if the 49ers lose that's possible but we don't want to live in that timeline for you so no we absolutely don't give, give me something you think happens before we start to stream slash record the look ahead next Thursday I think ahead, ball ahead, coach P- move. I think Trent Balky is out in Jacksonville I think Byron Lefwich is in okay so you with like the most predictable thing wow um I will say I'll, I'll say two things I think Doug Peterson has a job I don't know I hope so I don't know where and I think Brian Flores is the new coach of the New York Giants hmm interesting and they've already said they're not trading for Deshaun what wait the New York Giants yeah I don't know. Who, okay, who, where does where he actually, so, actually let's, let's say Brian Dable, but New York has a Brian. Okay. One way one way, <laughs> one way. or another, New York has a Brian next week, but it, it say, say Dable goes to the giants. Where does, where does Flores go? Houston. I know that's felt logical for a long time, but yeah, I don't
1: know that Flores gets a job. I wouldn't mm. be breaking down the door to hire Brian Flores. I really wouldn't. I know they came back strong in the second half of the year, but they started one and seven and those games count too.
2: I love that you said that. nobody, nobody wants to give them credit for that or, or like apply the proper context here. So it's like, well, they they finished so strong. Yeah, they started terribly. Like, you know what I mean? And they won all these like games where it was to kind of like loose and they played all these trash teams. I mean, right? if you're so, gonna
1: if you're gonna bang on Cliff Kingsbury for how the Cardinals ended the season, and that's fine, but
2: they were ten and two at one point this year. So like it's just a weird, whole weird situation by the way, like back to the Dan Quinn thing, cause he interviewed for jobs besides Denver and Chicago. Like, how fun! Like this, I think this speaks to the quality of the jobs that are out there. If you look at Minnesota or Jacksonville or Houston or New York or whatever, or even Vegas. I mean, but that Dan Quinn was like, Denver and Chicago are gone. Yeah, I'm out. Like, <laughs> <laughs> I, I'm, I'm out. Like, I'm 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 staying. I'm staying here in Dallas. Like, I have no interest in any of these other openings. Like, that is really funny to me.
1: The other thing I want to say, it's not related to that, but you're talking about the quality of openings. I think it's kind of messed up that Sean Payton was captain of the Saints ship that has steered them into an iceberg now with their salary cap situation. They gave all that money to Taysom Hill. And now Sean Payton is like, I'm out. That's it. I'm not going to be here like Magic Johnson. You know, I'm out of here. And the, the Saints are a mess right now. And Sean Payton just gets to retire. It's like it reminds me of a college coach that leaves for the NFL
2: before the sanctions come down from the NCAA. Sean Payton loves credit cards, like, you know, so, but I mean, you, you have been really hard on him for a while on this. Um, and you, Stats has always hated Sean Payton and it didn't help when he compared Taysom Hill to Steve Young. But um, I don't know. I mean, I'm, I'm very interested Wait, What what ne- actually does Sean Payton have a network job by this time next week? He probably does.
1: He'll get a job. I mean, if he wants one, someone's going to hire him and I think he'd be good at it, to be honest with you. Okay. All right. All right. That's going to do it for this edition of The Look Ahead. Again, please rate, review, and follow the SB Nation NFL show. Take 30 seconds. Leave us a rating and a review. It really does help. When we talk to you next week, we will know the Super Bowl participants, but we will not be doing a whole Pro Bowl preview show, I promise you. But nonetheless, enjoy the games this weekend, and we'll talk to you next week.
0: Reconnect with the best version of yourself. Visit methodproducts.com to unleash your inner shower.
1: Support for this show comes from Wix Studio. Designers and devs, you might be able to do your thing better on Wix Studio, a web platform with everything you need to deliver bespoke sites hyper-efficiently. Design teams get a ton of smart features that can take the grind out of web creation without it costing per-pixel control. Dev teams, you get a zero setup, developer-first environment combined with an AI code assistant and your preferred IDE for rapid deployment. Search Wix Studio today to explore the full range of features.